Hundreds of essentially homeless Muriwai residents are in limbo, waiting to hear if the earth under and behind their homes is still moving and whether they'll ever be able to live in them again. Questions they couldn't get answers for at a community meeting last week. Instead, many residents were left angry after Auckland Council didn't bring a geotech expert along to address their concerns. There are now 128 red-stickered properties in the West Auckland Beach settlement with an additional 48 yellow-stickered. Auckland Council's Head of Engineering Resilience, geotechnical engineer Ross Roberts, joins us now. Kia ora, Ross. Kia ora. What can you tell us about the land at Muruwai? Is it still moving? How much information do you have? Yeah, so we've been doing uh, detailed surveys from a helicopter using LIDAR, which is a laser technique. Um, we're doing it once a week at the moment, uh, every weekend. And what that's shown us... Um, from sorry, Ross, can I just get back. you to move around a little bit? I'm really sorry to interrupt, but people will be eager to hear this and your line is terribly scratchy. So oh, maybe you can find another corner in the room where we might be able to hear you a bit better. Now, you were saying what kind of testing you're doing at the moment? Uh, so we're using LIDAR, which is a laser technique from a helicopter, and that takes very detailed measurements of the ground surface just to tell us what level the ground is at. And by comparing surveys from one week to the next, it can tell us how it's moving. Uh, we've just today got back some results, and that shows us that um, from our first survey to the second survey one week later, in areas there was between one and two metres of movement um, in that ground. So there's still a fair amount of movement happening in some areas, particularly around the tops of the landslides that occurred um, a few weeks back. Okay, so between one and two metres of movement, and, and you say at the tops of these landslides, are you talking about which ones specifically, Domain Road or Mutatara Road? Uh, on both of those, actually. So we're seeing very similar patterns across both of those. And it's quite expected that we would get some movement in the in the weeks after these landslides because they have over-steepened the slopes. They've exposed them to being more susceptible to movement and of course, with the terrible weather that we had recently, that would have triggered some more movement as well. So those two, those factors have meant that there's been a bit more movement. And we're optimistic, though, that that will slowly taper off over time. And what are you seeing as a pattern, as a trend? Is it tapering already or not? It's too early to say. Uh, it takes time. It takes time for these patterns to occur. So far, we've done three repeat surveys using the LIDAR. So our most recent one was on Saturday this week. And we've got to wait for those results to come back before we can start to see a pattern occurring. OK, so most recent Saturday and the ones you did previously, when were they? Yeah, so they were the two weekends before that. So um, we've had a seven-day gap between each survey. Uh, we've done three so far, so that's two cha- sets of changes that we can identify. And you say it takes time to know what the pattern is. How long? Well, it depends really on the the change in the ground and how predictable it is. So if we see that the after a round of surveys and then second round of surveys, the third round of surveys fits the pattern, we can get more and more confidence about that. But if it's changing all the time, if it changes with the weather more significantly than it does with um, just progression naturally, then it takes a lot longer. We're optimistic that Within a month or two, we'll have a very clear pattern of what's going on. But even before then, we can start to make some preliminary assessments about what's happening and make a controlled plan for how we actually improve the uh, situation on the ground for the people of Norway. Okay, Ross, this is really important. You said within a month or two. So do you think it will be two months before you can make any firm decisions about the future of the properties on the two particularly affected roads? 
it's going to be it's going to vary depending on particularly how far they are from the slope so the level of risk the ones further away from the slope we're likely to be able to get a good idea within a month or two the ones very close to the slope could well take longer than that and it really does depend on how those slopes respond to changes over the next month or two but it could take longer than a few months so are those the parameters for decision making a month for those furthest away and two months for those closest or could it be longer for those who are closest to the moving earth it could certainly be longest for the ones closest to the moving earth and examples from other areas around new zealand have shown that where you get landslides like this it can take six months or sometimes longer um, before you can actually have enough information to give people confidence to be able to get back into their homes in the worst locations. So, so, the ones so you can't rule that out, Ross. You can't rule out that it would be up to six months before some people know whether they can return to their properties. You absolutely can't rule it out. And I wouldn't want to give people false optimism at this stage. As time goes on, we will get more information and more and more people will be able to get back into their homes. But there will be some who are in particularly challenging locations where we just won't be able to give that confidence for quite some period of time. Okay, so Domain Road is a mix of situations, really. Some houses seemingly untouched um, and some close to the slip and some not. It's a winding sort of road that goes down a hill. And the the residents basically say the whole neighbourhood is red-stickered. Can can you narrow that down um, rather than have a blanket call across that whole street? Absolutely, and that's what we're working really hard on at the moment. We know that we can't get every single property changed overnight. But what we can do is get more detailed assessments, get more detailed modelling done, which will allow us to identify the ones that are lower risk from the ones that are higher risk and enable access to as many of those as we can. How many houses have yet to have their first assessment, please? So all the houses that are in the zone that we consider to be at risk have had an assessment. Okay. What about reassessments to see if they can be downgraded from red or yellow or to whatever? So the reassessments require that LIDAR data and the subsequent analysis that I was talking about to assess the risk. Okay. If we just go and reassess without new information, the result would be the same. What's happening to these um, properties' land information? Are you marking them already? I, I haven't been involved in the land information uh, side of what's going on here. Anything that council holds and anything that council knows does have to go on the land information around them. So if there is information that is collected later, that will eventually end up on the land information around them. That's correct. Appreciate your time, Ross. Thank you for joining us. That's Ross Roberts, who's Auckland Council's Head of Engineering Resilience.